right, riddle me this, Kev. What's one of the first upgrades you should do to your vehicle? What is it? What do you go for? Well, you might think power, but ultimately, from a smart and safe perspective, definitely the brakes. Yeah, no doubt. Upgraded braking systems can really transform a vehicle's performance and honestly give you better peace of mind behind the wheel in any situation. You know, from the track to off-road trails, even the morning commute, every single vehicle deserves performance brakes at an affordable price. And no matter what your vehicle or driving style, PowerStop has complete brake upgrade kits for you. So head to PowerStop.com, fill in your vehicle's information into their easy-to-use brake finder to be matched with complete kits and components that are low-dust, noise-free, and feature upgraded stopping power. That's right. You could join the thousands of other drivers that have already transformed their vehicle into a stopping powerhouse today with PowerStop. PowerStop.com, brake upgrades made easy. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Two Guys Garage Podcast, a production of iHeartRadio and Brenton Productions. Hey, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. Appreciate your time today, man. We're talking about a really cool upgrade we did on our show. Now, I will tell you, man, most people that I'm assuming listen to this podcast steer away from the V6 power plant. I, I think that's a safe assumption. <laughs> that's probably, yeah, I don't even think we need to take a poll on that one. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. <laughs> you're right. And, and, you know, the reason being, you know, that, you know, they tend to want a little power. However, however, if you could have a six-cylinder and all the mileage out of it and the insurance, you know, because insurance on a, you know, a Gen 3 Hemi is sizable. However, insurance on a 3.6 six-cylinder in your 2017 Dodge Challenger is something you could you could deal with, you could handle, right? However, horsepower numbers, man, <laughs> not impressive with the V6 under the hood. Yeah, I'm sure it drives fine-ish. <laughs> and, you know, to be honest, Ish. there is nothing wrong with a six-cylinder engine. Just, you know, right. should it be in a Challenger? Is that the, you know, combination mm. that we should? No, come on. let's. Well, especially, especially with this color. You know, you'll see this thing on the show and you'll be like, whoa, uh, Dodge calls it Green Go. And let me tell you, this is one insanely bright green. It's almost it illuminates. It's I mean, it's almost glow in the dark. It's so bright. And when you pop the hood, you're kind of like, ah, because you don't you see a car like that and you're expecting, you know, it's very, it's very uh, powerful and how it looks and how it appears coming down the road. Uh, and then you lift the hood and you're underwhelmed a little bit. However, we could turn those up, and I'm talking in a big way. Oh, yeah. I mean, the thing has a really great trim package. Nice wheel and tire set. And like I said, the color on the thing pops. You know, it's kind of that uh, sort of neonish lime green. Man, it looks like a race car. Uh, really killer setup. Interior was really cool on the thing. But, yeah, 305 horsepower uh, out of that V6. You know, mm. good start. Very yeah, good start. Yeah, it's. 
it's about 250, 255 at the tires. So, you know, some people are okay with that. However, you stuck another, I don't know, 150 to 220 or so at that rear tire. And man, now you're dancing. Hello. Now you're doing something. Hello. There we go. <laughs> now I'm talking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, when you're stacking up, you know, a 3.6 liter NAV6 next to, you know, a Hellcat and what, 717? You know, a, yeah. a red eye at 797. You know, you kind of go, right. yeah, maybe I'm not going to uh, yeah. rev the engine at the light. You know, like <laughs> you're not pulling yeah. a 10.8 and a quarter like a red eye. Um, right. But we have solutions, right? And the owner of this vehicle brought it in. I mean, it's a great ride. I mean, and it's a fun little car. But, you know, he, he got it for certain reasons. And after driving it for a while, he's like, you know what, man? Let's turn up the wick. And we're like, dude. We are your dudes, you know. Like, yeah, you found hey, the right guys. We got a solution for you. So we, uh, I'm your, hey, I'm your Huckleberry, uh, no doubt. You know, I'm your other Huckleberry. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, I know five people who are clinically insane. I'm two of them. Like, that's what you got to be in order to buy a, a V6 and a Challenger. So let's upgrade it to V8 power with all the gas mileage, all the fuel efficiency of that six cylinder. And you can now do that, which is amazing when you think about it. Nobody in their right mind would would take a V6 in a drag race, you know, five, six, eight years ago. Nowadays, man, you may have to check yourself because after we got done with this Challenger, not only would it put the smack on, you know, on a regular 5.7 Hemi Challenger, it would take it to Gapplebee's, man. It would like it would be such such a bad race that the dude in the five seven probably shut his car off and tell everybody it broke. That's how big of a gap the six cylinder will put on him. Yeah, and you think about you know you're you're typically lighter with the six cylinder engine. You know you're less nose heavy, so you know the dynamics of the vehicle is going to feel a little bit more light. Uh, you know the brakes are going to work you know better typically on a lighter car like that. Uh, so it's not a bad setup when done properly. And and you know what. We did it righteous. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> so let's take a break. When we come back, we'll pop the hood, if you will, and reveal the secrets on how to make a six-cylinder stand up. But I mean stand up. This thing had over 420 horsepower at the tire. Like, tell me, that's not badass out of a six-cylinder, man, along with a few other upgrades. I'll tell you all about it after the break. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast with Kevin Bird and Willie B. It's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. I am Willie B. And appreciate you guys being here. Today, man, we're talking one badass upgraded Challenger. Yeah, that's right. We took a six-cylinder and made it something to be not only proud of, but something to, you know, maybe snatch up a little race here and there on a weekend. Show your buddies who's boss with your six-cylinder, you know? Uh, and, and it is one of those rides that, especially when you see this car, the color, I mean, it's, man, is it... It's almost neon. It's really cool. It's definitely one of those rides that stands out. And when you come to a ride that you want to stand out, uh, we have a great partnership with G-Technic. They are a fantastic coating company. And they really they, they do everything. They have a glass cleaner. Uh, they call it G6 Perfect Glass Cleaner. It's unlike a lot of like, you know, a lot of glass cleaners will, will claim to be streak-free and, you know, all that stuff. Let me tell you, this stuff, I used it on a car. I think I actually used it on this Challenger. Uh, it is really amazing. We used it to clean 
all kinds of things, man. It's a really, really good cleaner. One that you could use, um, I'm not saying I did use this, but it works really good on your phone too, by the way. Just just saying, between that and, you know, computer services, it's just a, it's a really good cleaner. <laughs> you know what's great once you've got a really clean surface on your glass is the water repellent coating. They've got a great one too. It's the G5 water repellent coating. And, you know, it makes yeah. the water just bead right off, you know. This one lasts up to six months, you know, maximum water repellency. Uh, you know, so keeps your glass clean, protected, and, uh, you know, it's better and safer because you've got better visibility. Uh, you don't always have to use your wipers. And, and I know, you know, after six months well, of wipers, uh, you know, they start streaking and whatnot. Half the time, you know, with a repellent like that, you don't even have to turn your wiper blades on. You're cruising down dude, the road. I was going to say, man. Yeah, that's that's why. So I, I did a little cool thing with G Technic on the show, uh, and I was like, you know what, man? The majority of my muscle cars, you know, muscle cars are pretty free of wipers after <laughs> the first couple of years. Anybody has them because you never take it out, you know, in the rain anyway. You don't need wipers, yeah. and typically you got to remove the wiper motor because it's mechanical to get that big block in there or your nitrous plates that you got sitting on there and all that other stuff. So a lot of hot rods, street cars, race cars, they don't have wipers, and if you put this stuff on your car. You don't need them. Yeah. It really was, man. We I, we shoot the show in Florida, and we put this on a couple cars, literally drove back to the hotel. You don't need wipers. You know, it's it's that clean. It's really impressive how that stuff works. Yeah, especially you get a little bit of uh, vehicle speed. You got the wind on there, just whoosh, blows it right off. It's awesome. Yeah, man. So if you guys need something like that, G-T-E-C-H-N-I-Q.com, G-Technic. Really cool stuff, man. It's cool. Now, speaking of awesome... A supercharger is one of my favorite things to put on a car because it is a game changer. Oh, my God. Total game changer, yeah, right? Man. It just wakes it up. It's like, you know, when somebody's napping and sleeping and you just come in there and you go, oh, get up, it's time to go, let's go. And they're just up on their feet. They got their boots on, they're ready to haul. You know, it's somebody is awake, this motor wakes up, and, uh, man, there's no faster way to build power and performance than to bolt a supercharger on. And we got a really great kit from Rip, Rip Performance, Rip Superchargers. And these guys are super well-known in that V6 world. Because if you think about it, you know, I said in before the break, there's nothing wrong with a V6 because they're in all kinds of Jeeps, you know. But if you can take huh? one of those and put a supercharger on it, and these guys are known for their Jeeps. I mean, they really up the performance. And, uh, you know, that same engine is in the Charger and the Challenger and, you know, you can take that same kind of knowledge and know-how with a little bit different kind of configuration and, and plumbing, and next thing you know, you're making a badass little challenger too. And let me tell you, superchargers are the real deal, man. That's When you're talking street power, you know, there's, there's one thing to have turbo power, right? Turbo power is, you know, it's unreal that hand of god you feel you know when you get to that mid rpm range when that boost really starts coming on you know and it turns your innards you know up to your throat and you feel that push back in your seat like that's pretty badass but right from the wick right from the tip in you get power out of a supercharger there's no turbo lag and that instant sort of feel and that instant like rip is so much more impressive 
especially in a Challenger, because Challengers are bigger cars, and you don't expect that. And man, once you lean into this car, the moment you tag that throttle, it is, it's letting you know it's there, man. Like that car is wicked doing burnouts. It's nasty out of the hole. And it definitely on the street is a contender. I love those type cars, man. It just surprise you and shock you because the power is there so much faster. Yeah. And, you know, kind of like similar to the Ford's got that EcoBoost, the 3.5 EcoBoost. What makes that V6 such a great platform, you know, just like Ford's, you know, five liter, you put boost on either one of those. It's a four valve, modern port, modern combustion chamber, overhead cam. So it already has a great free flowing, you know, induction system, you know, kind of exhaust coming out the back. So when you go and put a little pressure, right, it's going to flow in there that much easier. Uh, and that thing, it's a pretty cool setup as a as an engine it just has too short of cylinders right so it's got you know yeah. vvt so you know electronic valve uh timing so your your cams are moving around based on what kind of speed and load that you got in there so your cams are basically like you can have a torquey cam and a high rpm cam and a mid-range cam all in the same engine right and again with some great port flow and a good combustion chamber whoo you know, we put on, you know, the core of this kit from RIP. It's R-I-P-P. -P. You guys go check them out. The core is a V3 uh, from Vortec, right? So a great, you know, high-quality supercharger that we all know, right? And Willie's got a couple in a few different vehicles. Maybe a little larger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Much larger. I got a turbo car, too. So, you know, it's really it's so different but really similar in a lot of ways. You're still dealing with boost. Just I love the instantaneous response you get from superchargers because they're powered, you know, they're powered by the engine itself. They use a, you know, a little bit of that crankshaft power uh, while turbochargers get that power from the exhaust. They get it f basically free from the exhaust. So superchargers, you know, in some ways, you know, people tell you, oh, they kind of rob horsepower. But whatever small increment of power it takes to turn it, you're making up a million fold in what it's creating by shoving so much more air in there on top of all the fuel you're dumping in. So really, man, you're making big, big, notable different power with a supercharger. And this is one of those kits that come completely bolt on. Like, I feel confident that any of you listening can roll this car into your into your shop and spend, you know, the book I think said eight to ten hours or somewhere in that ballpark. I feel like, you know, you, a buddy or so, can get after it and get it done in a weekend. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and you know, if you're a pretty skilled guy and if you just get at it, I think you could cut a couple hours off of that. I think we were shaving a little bit of time off of that on our first round. And uh yeah, if you're a newbie, yeah, take a weekend. Who cares? You're gonna have some fun, you know? Yeah, man. Grab a couple of cold ones and dive into it. You know, you're going to pop out 11, 12 PSI of boost. Uh, they run it through an air-to-air -air intercooler, uh, which is a great way to go. I mean, you can go either one, yeah. you know, air-to-air -air or water-to-air. Now, if you think about water-to-air, obviously, it's got, you know, just like a radiator. Uh, you're blowing, you know, the air in your induction system through it, and you've got water flowing through it like kind of your radiator does. Um, you know, that's got some benefits. You typically are forced into a, a water to air on something like a, a root style because uh, there's just the way the thing plums and stuff. You can't really get out to the front of your car easy and back again. Uh, but an air to air is great because you don't saturate, right? You got a certain amount of water in that water to air tank. Um, you know, you've got a separate pump trying to pump it through there. 
it's different coolant. I mean, it's the same type of coolant, but it's different, you know, system from your radiator. Uh, so it's adding a good bit of weight in there. But, you know, at some point, if you're doing a lot of, a lot of digs, a lot of pulls, uh, that water temperature is going to keep going up. And then all of a sudden you saturate yeah. it, you know, where in air to air, you always got fresh air coming in as long as you're moving, right? Which if right, you're right. hitting that gas pedal, you better be moving, son. Unless it's a, you know, <laughs> cool burnout, but... <laughs> You know, other than that, yeah. You know, air to air is a, a great, great way to go, especially if you're doing, um, you know, on track stuff, because you certainly don't want to hit a lap or two, and all of a sudden you're just degrading power, it's pulling spark, or you're knocking. You know, you can just go lap after lap after lap. It's very consistent. For sure, man. That's the way to go uh, if you're going to spend a lot of time under throttle. Uh, you know what? You just as you were speaking, man. It's funny because I I just kind of thought, how odd is it? that car parts that we get all gooey on have become just part of, I don't know, American lexicon. Like you hear, oh, turbocharge this, and it's in reference to, you know, I don't know, uh, detergent you put in your washing machine or supercharge this, you know, and it's an energy drink. You know, it's so funny that car parts that we use for racing or to add power and performance to our rides have become, you know, that well-known. But this is... This is where it all stems from, man. This is where really you can feel massive difference in what the car was and before you started the weekend and what it is after the weekend is finishing the project like this. Like it is so dramatically I drove this challenger before and after. <laughs> Let me tell you, man, it's Jekyll and Hyde. It really is something unreal. Yeah, no doubt, man. And you know, there's a reason why they call it a supercharged energy drink, because you know, supercharged cars are cool you know and you want to cascade that onto things that aren't so cool what sugary water right let's make that cooler right you know laundry detergent how do we make that cooler you know there's something inherent like uh you know there are people out there that really just do not want to have anything to do with cars they just don't get it or whatever but you don't even have to be a, a huge car guy or a car girl to appreciate a good car a fast car, a loud, you know, fun, you know, great sounding car. You can just be a person and be like, okay, maybe I'm not going to spend my time and money to get that, but that is cool. And I would like to drink a yeah. beverage that has that kind of name on it. <laughs> <laughs> right. All right. Well, here's what we can do. We'll, we'll take a break. We'll come back, talk a little bit about power adders since we're on superchargers tell you a little bit more about this challenger how it was on the installation it was pretty thorough you know but man the great thing about rip is they provide every single part piece component that you need and a damn robust set of instructions on how to figure it out not that bird or i needed instructions i mean i need them once or twice <laughs> but honest to god it's a uh, it is something i feel you could do in a weekend so quick break we're back to it on the two guys garage podcast Hey, it's the Two Guys Garage Podcast. He is Kevin Bird. He's pretty awesome. I'm Willie B. I'm pretty normal. Uh, but, hey, when it comes <laughs> to power adders, all right, uh, we had a hell of a show, a hell of a job. We took a 2017 Dodge Challenger. Now, this Dodge Challenger came with the 3.6. Yeah, the 3.6 liter V6. And a lot of people will think, uh, oh, V6, yeah, yeah. You know, you give me one of those, yeah. However... 
This V6 put about 420, 425 down at the rear tire. I'm not talking flywheel HPs. I'm talking at the rear tire. Anything that's 400 plus horsepower at the rear tire is going to move, man. And I mean move out. Yeah, that'll do some nice burnouts for sure. And make a car. Absolutely. Yeah, make that car fly. You know, put it in the fun factor. Because, you know, the straight up six... Yeah, it's it's getting you around. It's doing things, but it's not getting you in that you know big fun zone. Now, <clears throat> you know, yeah. there's different ways of uh, you know boosting an engine, right? So we've got uh, superchargers, and there's different styles, right? So you've got a roots or a screw. You know, Lysholm is another name for it, right? Positive displacement. So it physically, like if you think about a piston in an engine, you know, when it pulls the piston down. It traps a certain uh -huh. amount of air. When it pushes the piston up, it positively displaces and pushes that air somewhere, right? So a root yes. style is basically that. It's taking, you know, and trapping air in a certain volume and pushing it into the intake manifold, building pressure, right? But a centrifugal is a little bit different. It's spinning. It's yeah, taking man. spinning energy, right? You, you pull air into the in, inside of it, and it's not trapping it. It's just putting a ton of energy in it, kinetic energy, and it's spinning it up through, right, this scroll. looks like a snail shell. And the the size goes from fairly small diameter uh, for the entry to the exit. It's slowly getting larger in diameter, so its volume is growing. And so what it's doing is it's taking this high-energy air, moving very fast, it's slowing it down, and it's transforming from, you know, more of a kinetic to pressure. And so that's how you're building pressure. And man, a centrifugal is great because uh, really you can spin some high RPMs uh, with those things and you can build a ton of power. Now, usually a little bit you know, weaker at the lower end, but once you get them spinning, man, they can make some big, big power numbers. And you know, from a drag racer, Will, you jump in, uh, is that what you think is the kind of go-to of choice is centrifugal versus, you know, sort of a roots or a screw type? Oh yeah, man. I, it, when it comes to drag racing, that's the, a lot of people have those older style, you know, superchargers and the root style on, but if you want to make big power, yeah, centrifugal is where it's at. You know, I, I got an FX3 for my big oh, race car. Oh, oh, uh, oh, I'm getting ready. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting ready convert from a turbo over to that. Uh, I've ran a couple like, you know, um, you know, our friend Sergio at Pro Charger. Uh, he's been great, man. Pro Charger and Vortec really the companies to go to to make really wicked you know centrifugal you know superchargers to me that's that's awesome power i like how they you know you said it looked like a snail that's why a lot of people get them confused with the turbo a lot of times uh but man they make big 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 power uh they're righteous they scream you can hear them coming down the road they whistle at you man like they're making noise they're making racket they're making big power. hey they're sexy so yeah <laughs> yeah exactly bro you just hear that whistle from underneath the hood and other cars are going uh-oh yeah now the the front end right the cold side from a turbo to a centrifugal it's essentially the same thing right they're they're yeah. spinning up they're shaped the same way they operate the same way you can't basically tell the difference it's just how you drive it right so on the on the supercharger clearly you're driving it with a belt you're driving it on the engine so you are yeah. locked one-to-one -one with you know the engine speed to the supercharger you know internal speed now you can gear it obviously but you know as the engine goes up there goes your uh speed of your uh 
uh, induction system, right? So the cold side. Now a turbo, obviously it's driven, right, by the exhaust. Um, you know, in there, obviously we've heard the term turbo lag. Uh, but what's cool about a turbo is it's got, uh, you know, a wastegate. So essentially, uh, you can dump off some of that energy. So if you don't want the boost, you just dump it off and you're bypassing it, you know. And if you really want a ton of energy, you can close that valve and spool it up. Uh, you know, for big size uh, turbos, there's just not a lot of exhaust energy at low speeds. And so that's where you get the lag. Now, the OEMs are using very small frames uh, and they're they're kind of choking off a little bit the exhaust, but they're they're really getting a lot of that energy, you know, into that uh, compressor side faster. So you don't really feel a lot of that lag in some of the OEs. Now, they're not making huge power numbers. So that's the trade off. Right. Big turbo, huge power or smaller turbo with no lag and a lot of bottom end torque. You know, the best way to define turbo lag. It's a. Uh it's that couple, that second, second and a half, maybe two seconds that the NA guy is thinking to himself, I got a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got him. He's mine. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Another couple seconds. Oh, definitely not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Um, when it comes to power adders, I, I'm a big fan of superchargers for sure. Uh, I like turbos as well. Um, for me, I, I probably have nitrous on more of my cars than I have anything else. I, actually, I do. I've got nitrous on f uh, six, I don't know, on seven cars. I guess I got nitrous on <laughs> seven cars. What am I doing nitrous on seven cars? I have seven cars with nitrous. I have three with superchargers and one with a tur two with turbos. Oh my God. <laughs> I got problems, oh, man. man. Problems. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But bang for buck. That's the kind of problems I like to have. Yeah. Hey, you know what? When we're speaking of power adders, though, I will tell you, there's none more affordable. And, you know, I'll, I'll give nitrous a nod. Nitrous, it's just for for what it is and the price you pay for it and it, just the ease of tuning it. Nitrous is a, you know, still a contender these days. You can put a little nitrous kit. You know, we talked to Steven Induction Solutions before, and man, they're doing they're doing insane, cool things with nitrous. So, regardless of the power adder you have, as long as you get the right tune, the right amount of air and fuel in there, man, you're gonna be fine. Nitrous used to be one of those power adders that was like, man, you may go out one weekend and have an engine, you may come back with a rod hanging out a hole in the block. You know, it's like, well, I missed the tune by that much. You know, but nowadays there's a lot of ways that you could tune it and, you know, use things like progressive controllers, similar to like a boost controller and how fast you want to ramp up and bring it in, you know, that make power adders, you know, so much better, so much, you know, safer nowadays. Yeah, it's all about controls, right? If you got good controls, uh, your money, right? You're safe and you're yeah. making insane old power. Like you said, nitrous is another great way to go. And uh, I know you used to have way back when your own nitrous station. And I'm surprised, you know, owning <laughs> seven nitrous cars, you still don't have one. Uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Some of us wonder if there's a nitrous addiction, like, you know, <laughs> oh, this is great. Well, oh, I love it. Hey, when you run seven cars with nitrous and, and you know, nitrous, nitrous engines are a little bit weird because typically uh, on a nitrous engine, your cam, the lobe separation, all those things are designed 
uh, to run with nitrous. And it used to be a thing. Remember when you used to go racing? Like, I'll race you without nitrous. Like, come on, man. I designed the engine. The entire architect of the engine is designed to run with it, you dumb dumb. I'm not done plugging my nitrous. Shut up. Like, you know, it's it's funny. Nitrous is one of those things with a progressive controller. Like, the majority of my cars all have progressive controllers on them. And I set them similar depending on what car I'm in. But progressive controllers allow you to bring the nitrous in with a certain percentage in a certain time. So like on my, my street strip car, my little you know street fighter car that I go out and do a lot of eighth mile racing on, it's a 69 Dodge Charger. I got a progressive controller in there. I've got that induction solutions kit in there. And I use, uh, I use about a, t- a thousandth of a second. I strike it with about 15, 17% of the nitrous, you know, and then over the next 1.4 seconds, I build the nitrous from, from, you know, that, that little percent all the way to a hundred percent and I ramp it up. So the solenoids, you know, go and they just get a little faster. So it's spraying that nitrous in over that 1.4 to 1.7 seconds, depending on what, you know, what shot I'm putting in, uh, to, to, deliver all that nitrous to 100% from, say, the 10 or 15% that I first make the strike at at 1,000. So I wait till I get right on top of the tire and I start bringing in the nitrous at 10, 15%. And I just use the next 1.4 seconds to ramp it all in. And by the time I'm, you know, at 150, 300 foot down the track, I'm at 100%. So it really is a clever way to add a lot of power to your car safely nowadays. And the same thing applies to like superchargers and turbos. You know, you could, as long as you're watching air fuel ratios, you know, and making sure those are right, you know, you got you a sniffer on the post burn part of it, man. You can put so much power to these engines nowadays. It's nuts. It's amazing. Well, you know, Bird, you got a little 300 and whatever 20 cubic inch engine that makes a thousand and fifty horsepower and it's just who would have ever guessed in their right mind like that could be feasible yeah yeah and that's on a root style we really didn't dive too heavy into that but uh you know we talked about peak power if you're drag racing you know it's all about doing the centrifugal but you know for a street car and making just big power and it and it low end, feels yeah. like yeah because it makes big power not the biggest but big power with a lot underneath the bottom of that curve too so a root style or a screw really feels like a much bigger engine you know yeah. so when you step on True. it it's breathing hard right when you're stepping on it it keeps breathing until the thing finally chokes out because it's losing you know a little bit of volumetric efficiency at the top end uh but underneath that curve Oh, it just feels like you added a couple oh. extra cylinders on that sucker, you know? Yeah, it does. <laughs> For sure. When you make a 314 cubic inch engine feel like an 800 cubic inch engine, and I've ridden in some of those, it's straight bananas, you know? Yeah. It's, it's amazing how you could turn that, you know, that supercharger up and how it feeds the engine full of fuel and, and air and makes big time power. It's, it'll play mind games on you. Yeah, and, and like you said, you you nailed it. It's all about getting the right air-fuel ratio in there. Because, uh, you know, an engine, uh, it, it it's very happy at stoic, right? So that's the perfect, you know, match of molecules of air versus molecules of fuel. But what we happen to do is when we're making big power, we're making a lot of heat. And the fuel that we run is, you know, typically lower octane fuel, and it'll self-ignite. So we need to do uh, one is a little bit of fuel addition right to over stoic 
uh, means you're cooling the chamber a little bit. You can put more spark in it. You can get more, you know, advance and more power out of it from the extra fuel. But you're also cooling uh, the exhaust by just throwing that extra raw fuel in there. And that keeps, you know, from knocking for one, which will blow an engine up in a heartbeat. But it keeps your peak exhaust temps down to where you're not melting exhaust valves. If you've got a turbo on the backside, you're not melting the turbo. And if you're running cats, you're not melting the cat. So that's your sort of protection system is um, the right spark. So you're not, uh, you know, knocking because uh, you get into pre-ignition where knock turns into PI and Oof. pow. Oh, you know, it's ugly quick. It's gone fast. Yeah. And you're not over temping uh, some of these critical components after, you know, the combustion system. So as long as you're monitoring those uh, and, and whether you've got a great tuner guy with the right instruments, uh, you set up a safe tune and you can go out there and hammer, hammer, hammer away and have a blast with big power and feel like you're pretty safe. And got to have some structure in there. But, you know, knowing what the structure you've got and how far you can push it. You can go put all the wick in it and go have a blast and feel pretty confident that uh, you can keep doing it over and over again. Yeah, man. And it's funny because you mentioned fuel, and that's a big move to make nowadays. You know, here in Colorado, a lot of us that, you know, do some, you know, do some racing in around town, uh, we're big on E85. Uh, that is, that's a great fuel because of how it burns. You talked about cooling off that combustion chamber and you know how you got to dump a lot of fuel in there to help some of it cool down e85 is a great way to do that yeah absolutely because so e85 uh if you just do it by octane measurement it's a somewhere in the 107 range and people can argue a little higher a little lower uh but it does have a cooling effect and so that cooling effect probably puts it more into the 110 111 octane and if you think about your pump gas right I mean, some of you can get only get 91, depending on where you're at, but That's yeah, 93 at, yeah. octane. So take 93 octane and go to 111, and uh, man, you can put whew, a lot more power and performance yeah. in something, because that's essentially race gas, but it's a heck of a lot cheaper, yeah. and for a lot of us, depending on where you're in the country, a lot easier to get. Yeah, man. 85 is a great way, uh, if you're putting your car under boost, to, to be able to do so, throw a lot of boost to it and, you know, help fight that thermal management game that we're all playing when it comes to putting power to the tires. That's one of the hardest things to fight. And, you know, whether you're under throttle for a long time or boost for a long time and you see those temps soar, you know, when I first got my vet, I would take it out to the road course and, you know, I'd turn four, five laps, you know, and see that temperature gauge get to a point where I'm like, eh, eh. I better take it on back, <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah, I mean, but, you know, switching it over to E85, you need more E85 than you do, say, you know, gas um, because of just the energy in the fuel itself. However, when it comes to cooling properties, when it comes to avoiding, you know, the knocks and pings that, you know, that just murder an engine, it really is a great way to go, uh, and it will help you alleviate a lot of those issues and problems. Yeah, no doubt. And, you know, the game with with boosting is you can boost all you want, but it's a matter of, you know, when are you going to hit knock? And that's your limit, right? You you can't push any more in it and if you're going to hit knock. So you, you put more boost in, you put a little more spark, you put more boost in, you put a little more spark, put more boost in, put a little more spark until you kind of hit the limits where... Okay, <laughs> I think I've rode yeah. this little line about as far as I can get. Uh, 
But speaking of, you know, that uh, that little challenger that we did, uh, I think busted out, like I said, 425. I mean, you could get probably get up to 450 if you played that game right, you know? And I bet with E85, there's probably another 50, 75 in there. What do you think? Mm, I don't know that there's there's that much in there, but there's, you know... There's a notable amount waiting for you to go snatch up on that conversion. So I put a little more spark back in it, and uh, you know, you ride that line a little bit. There's probably an easy fifty, and I, I bet you know you could go seventy-five as long as that um, as long as that vortex would would push enough air. But I'm guessing the cow that's in there is probably pulling back a good few degrees of spark, which you'd notice if you could get it back in again. Yeah, you know? man. So you should see this conversion on the show. It is. It's one of those things where you pull the entire front of the car off, pull the bumper off, you know, and all of a sudden, you know, uh, this whole engine bay is exposed a little bit. You start adding, you know, everything you need was kind of in that rip system from the bracketry, the hoses, uh, to all the little clamps and fittings that you need and where you need to cut and where you need to move things. So it really was a clever design kit, really kind of thoroughly thought through. Um, and it's one of them things where I, I really, you know, I was impressed when I drove that car after we put that supercharger on it. It's uh, it's definitely a contender. As much as I hate to admit it, you pull up beside this car, and man, this thing is going to impress you. I don't care what you're driving. It, it will impress you, especially when you find out it's a damn six-cylinder. <laughs> so yeah, go check it out. It's RIP, R-I-P-P. Uh, and this, this particular kit is, uh, is one exclusive to this, and they make it for a lot of different applications. They've been doing it for Jeeps for a long time. Uh, it's definitely a nice upgrade. Yeah, for sure. Now, little tip, if you're going to put that much more power into a vehicle, Maybe think about doing the brakes. That's something else we did on the show. We won't dive into today, but uh, you know, with the power upgrade, you typically want to do you know maybe some brake upgrades, or at least make sure that your brakes are up to snuff when you're uh, picking up a lot more speed. And depending on what kind of driving style you're going to do, if you're at a track, boy, you're coming into that uh, long straights at a much higher mile an hour, so your brakes are going to get taxed uh, a lot heavier than they were before. Yeah. <laughs> so just something you know. Word of the wise. There you go, man. Hey, more of that wisdom airing on our show on weekends on the Motor Trend Network. Make sure you check your local listings and pitch a fit if they don't have it. Episodes also streaming on Motor Trend On Demand, which is a great way to find us. Um, Thanks to my man Kevin Bird, our producer Scoop, and our executive producer Bob Ecker. Yeah, and don't forget to check out our website. We've got lots of stuff from the show on there. Uh, Great tips, tools, parts, and things that we use. Uh, check us out at twoguysgarage.com and share your thoughts with us on social, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Guys Garage. Now, Two Guys Garage Podcast, it's a copyright 2020 Britain Productions Incorporated, all rights reserved. Boost that bitch. <laughs> yeah, that's right, man. That's the takeaway. Boost it. Go have some fun. All right, guys. We will check you on the next Two Guys Garage Podcast. Two Guys Garage Podcast is a production of iHeartRadio and Britain Productions. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.